Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt. Matt, Matt what should people do? Like, subscribe, and comments aren't really applicable, we re- have realized, because most of you, many of you are listening on an audio medium. So, I don't know, go to one of our social media places and see if you can find, uh, start a fight there and stir up some controversy. We're yeah. going to... Fight our social media team. This this episode's all going to be about protagonists and antagonists, and I want you all to be antagonists to each other's protagonists. Yeah. Or vice versa. Let's uh, let's get some fighting going on up in here. Yeah. If you uh, yeah, if you don't like some stuff we say, or you don't like stuff other people say on social media, fight them. Yep. Do that. Be negative. Negativity, Great. toxicity. Yeah. This is what we're all about here at Just Twenty Twenty isn't over yet. Nope. <laughs> uh it is over we're not filming this forever ago no nope. uh <laughs> uh it's been a while since i've sat here yeah because my last few hot seats have been remote yeah we did well we did the last two episodes that we've done since i got back since we're both we yours. got back i was both in the hot seat and then we did remote ones before that so yeah it's been a while it's been since like yeah it's weird it's been almost a month Matt, watch people. No, I already did. You that. already Matt, did what that. What you been up to? <laughs> uh, some they stuff. Start with the same word, so it confuses <laughs> me sometimes. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, I've started some more stuff that I'll talk about once it's finished. Um. Hannah and I did watch Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol because oh. I'm getting her through the Mission Impossible movies. Okay. So you watched um, the one I haven't watched. You haven't seen Rogue Nation. Have I seen Ghost Protocol? That's the one with the he goes out of the side of the building with the sticky gloves. Yes, I have seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually the first Mission Impossible movie I watched. Um, I never really saw any of them as kids. And I remember when that one came out and I was you like... You don't really need to either. No, that's kind, kind of the fun thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. So I watched... I think I watched them in the order four, one, two, three. Okay. Um, and then five after it came out. Yeah. Um, and then six in IMAX. Yeah. Which was very good. But... Yeah, so originally that one came out, and I was like, not being aware of the franchise and anything that's going on with it, I was like, man, they made a fourth one of those, and it's called Ghost Protocol? That's probably pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it, and when I was young, I was like, hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty fun. And having rewatched it a few days ago, I was like, hey, that was pretty good. It was pretty fun. Yeah. What'd so, you put it at? Um, it's probably somewhere between a seven and an eight. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um like it's just it's it's well done yeah it is what it is it's not quite on par with fallout Mm -hmm. but it's uh it's got some really good solid set pieces it's got a lot of fun character moments yeah um it's pretty well directed they do a good job of like setting up these set pieces and then introducing little challenges and complications and wrinkles like everything does not go according to plan every single time they try something Mm -hmm. And so it's them having to adapt and improvise to overcome these challenges that they're facing. These little like, oh, this bit of the technology isn't working. Or, oh, there's a sandstorm coming. Or um, stuff that. like that. Yeah, it's a, it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's not the best one in, in the franchise, but it was, it's probably better than one, two, or three. Right. Definitely better than two. So, yeah. Recommend that to people if you haven't seen it. Um, again, you don't need to have seen any before that. It helps a little bit to have seen three um, because there's some uh, subplots involving Tom Cruise's wife Mm. that it's important to know just who she is and Mm. have some backstory with that relationship. That's about it. Uh, And then uh, just this morning, I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision. Did you? (laughs) Have you seen them? 
No. Why not? It. I just. Because I'm I'm done with the MCU. Like that that was we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. That like it just like it needs to draw me in. What I've been drawn in with the MCU. What has caused me to be drawn into the MCU is the recur is the thread, mm-hmm. the big plot. Right. Like, and I like the characters and stuff, but Wanda and Vision are like the two characters that I care the least about. And then you should nothing... watch the show. Really? Does it? Because then you can care about them. Do you do you care about them in the show? Yeah. I mean, I'm two episodes in and the first, so that's all that's out so yeah. far. Um, And the first two episodes are literally just 50s sitcom. Okay. There are like tiny like you can tell in the first episode there's very little that you can tell is off but there are a couple of moments where they're like okay something is clearly off yeah the second one they do that a little bit more um they start fleshing out just some stuff but i still have no idea what's going on at this point it's literally just a 50 sitcom except they have magical powers (laughs) and it is for one thing it's hilarious and adorable is it yeah just it feels like a 50s sitcom but it's kind of poking fun at itself like i What's the reason I'm not just like I don't want to watch it is like I I don't feel attached to those characters I don't feel drawn to watch the show mm-hmm. um and I think it doesn't help that I don't feel drawn to watch the show but I need to watch the show for this right um but like I do know that Disney knows how to write good stuff yeah they have their bad ones every once in a while but I know that like the show is probably fine. Like, at the very minimum, it's probably fine. Yeah. Which is better than other shows that I've seen, including DC things, which is unfortunate. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that kind of conflict between just, I only have a desire to watch it. Oh, I've got so many other shows I need to finish. Yeah. And it's just kind of this, like, this this fog of, like, I don't really, I don't feel drawn to watch it, but I need to watch it. It feels like... Mm-hmm. It, it it reminds me of the mentality of being in high school and wanting to read. Right. Like, you're forced to read all the time, so I'm just like, I don't really want to. Like, I've got this other stuff I'd rather be doing. And mm-hmm. so... That that's that that hopefully that explains my reaction to you. To that's you fair, I was like, because oh, did you? I went into it with the exact same mentality. I was like, one of us needs to have watched this before the episode today, and I doubt it's going to be Preston. <laughs> So I will take yeah. it upon myself to spend an hour this morning watching it. And I have a literal sticky note on my desk with all the other shows that I need to be watching right now, which I am making progress on some of them. But I, I wrote mine down. Yeah. I'll see if I can. But I was like, okay, I got to put myself through this. And I was, I was in and having fun within 30 seconds. It's just, it's a, I'm really intrigued to see where they go with this. Cause I'm seeing like, I'm still on board with my theory that she's constructed this world and mm-hmm. she's like sort of wallowing or sort of like trying to create vision. And then there's all these people that are not actually people, but there might be a villain. There's definitely some, some weird uh-huh. external stuff going on, but it seems like she has a lot of control over the world. I don't know. I'm intrigued. And in the meantime, I'm perfectly content to have fun watching visions works literally get gummed up. I'll leave you to ponder what that means. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So that's so that's starting pretty good. Yeah, I would say I'd say get on board with this. If you're kind of on the fence, give it a try. I okay. think I think you'll enjoy it. That yeah. goes for you too. And then also, this is not really what you're about to. I got you a present. 
Oh. Oh no. What is this? What is this? Happy MLK Day. That makes me really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> John J John Le Oh shit! <laughs> His name is so big that I just like didn't even You gotta take your Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, the book. The, the book, like the actual Oh, hell yes. Yeah. It was supposed to be a Christmas present, but it was back ordered. <laughs> and so it was supposed to come like mid-february so i was gonna give it to you as a birthday present but it turned up this week and so i was like okay well mlk days this week so happy mlk day buddy <laughs> this is awesome thank you so much you're welcome oh what a wholesome moment for this episode yeah. what a what a good antagonist protagonist episode thing yeah don't worry i'll tear it all down later <laughs> i have some matches in my pocket i'm gonna set the book on fire <laughs> we're gonna all. have a good time Oh, yeah. what, a, what a good little moment. I'm going to yeah. put this right here. Absolutely. So yeah. people who are watching the movie or watching the video version are going to have no idea what just happened. Exactly. Also, this is such a weird moment because audio listeners, audio listeners didn't see my face. No. So they could have just been like, oh, this is all staged and not see my genuine, <laughs> like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I figure now that you, uh, you've you learned how to read, you should, learned, you should read the book. I've learned how to read. I'm read, now literate. Yeah, you should read the book that your favorite movie is based on. Yeah, that is definitely, uh, that's shot to the top and not to the top i want to finish right. dune but then that is that is definitely on my list lovely oh that is awesome oh man poor kaylin why i'm gonna ignore her so much reading this now <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, good. for a little bit of context uh for audio listeners that may be new tinker taylor soldier spy is a uh movie that came out in 2011 that is my favorite movie um it depending on my mood it'll dance around right. uh my top three but it I love the movie so much. It's something that um, my it, it epitomizes writing dialogue the way that people would actually talk mm -hmm. in those situations. And it's based on a book. And Matt just gave me the book. Uh, because lately I've, I've never read right. a lot um, because of just going through grade school and being forced to read. Uh, but recently I got back into reading actual novels. Um, so now I can read the book that mm -hmm. my favorite movie is based on. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. I gotta get you something now. I'm terrible at giving gifts, so it's probably just gonna be like a turkey. <laughs> I like turkey. <laughs> Why a turkey in my mind? Oh, are you talking about the bird, not the country? The bird. Oh. The. The I'm gonna give you just a live turkey. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping for the country. I'm sorry. I've always you. I've always wanted a country to to rule. So does everyone that's around that area. <laughs> uh anything else that's all i got all right uh my watch been up to uh my next lots of what you been up to's are all going to be shows that i have finished good I lad finally written down my list of shows that i want to finish i have a few things that you need to add to that list but we'll get into it later that to the ones that i need to finish or Need to start. Need to start. And then I have another list of shows that I want to watch. Yep. I'm just going to breeze through these real quick because it's going to now be a long-term ordeal where I'm going to let mm -hmm. listeners choose which... They, so I'm going to go through the ones that that I'm working on finishing. New Girl, Breaking Bad, High Castle, Happy, Barry, Sneaky Pete, The Tick, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Black Mirror, House, Mad Men, Letterkenny, and Community. These are all shows that I've started and have seen a substantial amount of and mm -hmm. need to finish. Golly. Um, oh, and... The Boys, which is my first tick off the list. I finished The Boys. It's a pity the tick isn't the first tick off yeah. the list. 
Um, I finished the boys. That's my watch. I've been up to. Okay, caught up on one. season two. Every character is really interesting. The way that mm-hmm. they and and I say that very clearly that every character is interesting. The plot is horseshit. What fun? So okay, it's. Every character is on their own journey, and it, and and it, they all make sense. It's all good. It's all like coming from the first season, where there's like, and they they've developed interestingly from the first season. So even if you may have thought that they were kind of like okay, mm-hmm. um, they're pretty interesting, um, but they're all muddied up by the fact that the show creators just really wanted to bitch about Trump, and yeah. and that that like that political climate. I'm kind of wondering in retrospect if that might have hurt Wonder Woman 84 too, which I'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But go to go to your thing. It's by about episode four or five, I was sick of it. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, please, it's the the analogy I use is it's like if you meet someone who has the most interesting backstory. Like they're like a twenty let's say like twenty-five mm-hmm. and they spent four years in Ethiopia doing something. Like their uncle is the one that created like that designed the Tesla, mm-hmm. uh, like just, they have all of these like broadly reaching, interesting elements about them, mm-hmm. but all they want to talk about is Trump. And it's just like, I, yeah. I hear about it all the time anyway. Right. And I can see that there's interesting things in there, but all I'm getting is Trump. Yeah. Like it's just, if you like Trump or if you, if you are, if you are a Trump supporter, then ignore that element and just, that they only talk about one thing that you're tired of hearing that all you hear about is this one thing. Yeah. And so then you go to a show where it's the show has a lot of interesting characters, interesting character development and stuff, but it's all just like tangled and weaved into this like monologue (laughs) that I've been hearing for four years. Yeah. And it just, so that's my first complaint. My second complaint is that every character needs a tragic backstory. Every one of the boys has Uh. a tragic backstory and they all talk about it in episode six. That sounds terrible. It's just episode six is just this like somber pity party of the entire boys like talking like and not all at once. Like, right. One at a time throughout the episode. It's like the the scene in Suicide Squad when they're all sitting at the bar, at the bar and they all explain yeah. their stupid little backstories exactly. and then they crack jokes. And it's just like it's it, terrible. It, you saved nothing for later. Like you didn't. And all of them. They kind of related to what was going on. Like, their tragic backstories kind of related to going, what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I hated that every single person's backstory had to do with what's going on. Yeah. I, I can't think of an example. I should have thought of an example for this one. But a, a, a show where... Oh, Avatar. Okay, there we go, yeah. Sokka's, like, kind of character and backstory really happens isolated like other people's things mm-hmm. aren't going on while his thing is going on like yeah. he's getting his kind of like his redemption moment like digging back into him and his dad yeah Katara's is a separate Toph's is separate you get to like you the story is driven by this character right and then they get their growth and then the story moves on but when the story is everybody's like past shows up at the same time it just feels like this isn't a story anymore it's just like a collage of these characters backstories yeah um so, not fantastic. I think I put it at a five. Um, I think you're just reinforcing my decision to not even bother. I, I think you shouldn't 
Because I didn't like the first season. If you didn't like the first season, don't bother with the second season. Um, it is a um, more annoying version of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, I mean, the gore and stuff is about the same level. Yeah. But like, the it was so close. Every I really character, huh? I really hate those. Like, I love them, but I hate them. Like, every character, it's like, oh, that is a really interesting story arc. Like, mm-hmm. this character who, uh, so, um, I guess kind of spoilers for mid season one. There's the one girl who is like, who kind of gets become, becomes in charge of them. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like the person who's like managing that, like their manager essentially. Right. And her character is really interesting through season two, where it's just like what situation she's put in conflicting with all of the other members. Mm-hmm. And then you get like little bits of Homelander's like decline into madness, which is not a spoiler. That's been happening from episode one. Yeah. 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 We <laughs> um, know. <laughs> you get the boys like, I mean, probably the boys is the least interesting with the exception of Butch uh, mm-hmm. or Butcher. Uh, his, you get a little bit more of his backstory and like, I mean, the cliffhanger for season one really demands that you delve more into his backstory. Right. <laughs> um, but like there, it's just all individually interesting. Um, the deep, what a, what an interesting story for him. Where like, you're he, using the word interesting a lot. <laughs> well, it's cause it's interesting <laughs> and it's kind of well done in a vacuum. Okay. Like each one, they kind of get their growth in a va- or their development in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. But like, I have to ignore the context of what gave them that growth because mm-hmm. that context is just the monologue or the ranting that I've been getting for the past four years in politics. Yeah. Um, it's just so close. Yeah. Like it was literally the context was the difference between like a, like the seven and an eight range and a five. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah. So of the next shows, I'm going to finish Barry. I'll talk about Barry next week. Okay. Barry is my watchman up to we'll bury that one, but I want someone else to tell me which show I'll get, I'll let you have your input. Okay. Of which show I finish next of those. I was going to say breaking bad. See, that's the thing is breaking bad. I need to, I think I need to watch the entire show. again. I think you do. That is a long journey. It's pretty long, but it's also like the best TV show ever made. So there's that. Gage, I want you to play me listing off the list again right now so that people can hear it again. New Girl, Breaking Bad, High Castle, Happy, Barry, Sneaky Pete, The Tick, Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, Black Mirror, House, Mad Men, Letterkenny, and Community. Okay, now that you've heard the list again, I want you guys to tell me. <laughs> I was incredibly lazy and I love it. <laughs> I want you guys to have your input, uh, comment on, uh, I'll probably put it in a story, uh, All right. uh on the, on Instagram. Uh, what, what of those shows you think I should finish next? Matt has said Breaking Bad. Uh, I'm going to finish Barry this week. All right. But then I will, it's one season left. So I will, before the next episode, need my other one. Yep. Um, and then here's the list of shows. I'll read it again later. Here's the mm-hmm. list of shows that I want to watch. Band of Brothers, Sopranos, Sherlock, Firefly, True Detective, Death Note, Cowboy Bebop, Attack on Titan, Narcos, One Punch Man, West Wing, Arrested Development, Bojack Horseman, Battlestar Galactica, Westworld, Queen's Gambit, Downton Abbey, Atlanta, Archer, Mindhunter, The Newsroom, Twin Peaks, and Boardwalk Empire. You skipped The Wire. Did I skip The Wire? That is one that I know I need to watch. Yep. I went off of like this list of like the top hundred shows and just went down to like, or the top 
rated shows, and I went down to 200, mm-hmm. uh, which The Wire was not on there. It might have been like 203, but I stopped at 200. If The Wire is not number one or number two, the list has no credibility, <laughs> and I'm being serious. But those are good lists. Oh, those are good. Those are good. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good solid I list right a there. lot. Yeah. I got yeah, 23 yeah, yeah. out of 200. Yeah. So there's... There's lots of other good shows out there. Yeah. Um, what, what was one that you said... You you had one that you said I need to start. Uh, have many that you need to start. The Wire was one of them. Okay, I knew that that was not on the list. So those are those are some. I'm probably gonna do. I'd throw the Night Manager in there too because it's short oh. and it's John Lacar. Not Knocked Manager. Die Nacht Manager. <laughs> After I finish Barry, I'll probably do uh, Queen's Gambit since it's good. just one season. Yeah, throw that in there before Quick I in and out. start the journey of Frank. <laughs> yeah, Bad. might be a good plan. Um, so that's that's what I've been up to. Um, news. Yeah. Has there been? Nope. I mean, there's the first two episodes of WandaVision out. Oh, I hadn't heard. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong got moved up to March. Moved up to March? I didn't realize that movie was coming out this year. It's coming out in two months. Oh my god. We don't even have like a teaser. Oh my god. This is weird. This... This is universal, right? Yeah. They're never really like innovative. Legendary. Oh, legendary! Yeah, Universal yeah, yeah. is the Dark Universe. Yep. Yeah, legend. Mm, Legendary's not uninnovative. They could just be trying like straight up word of mouth, like no teaser. Cause, well, because it's Kong versus Godzilla. Like mm-hmm. I'm assuming ninety eight. You put that on a poster. Yeah, yeah. You put that on a poster and it sells itself. Yeah. Um. So it's probably just doing that, like just letting the movie speak for itself. Yeah. I swear to God, if they just like cram a whole bunch of like characters that no one gives a shit about in this movie, mm-hmm. like they have done with the past three monster movies, yeah. Kong had good characters, didn't it? I hadn't seen Kong yet. Oh, I need to see Kong. We should probably watch. Do an ep- We should probably do an episode on these movies. Yeah. Let me get a hair. Oh, excuse me. Get Harry on it. He's he's the monsters man. He really likes Godzilla. Yeah. So other than that, no news. It's. <sighs> Stuff will uh, we back got up. another we got another new look at Riddler via Mountain Dew. <laughs> Riddler Mountain Dew. I hardly know her Mountain Dew. That didn't work, did it? Nope. <laughs> so we've got goggles. Cool. I we, mean, that's we knew that. Nothing else. Yep. Matt Reeves. Uh, I guess there is kind of a broader uh, bit of news with the Batman that um, Matt Reeves is just like death grip white knuckling the movie mm-hmm. and apparently robert pattinson's getting like pretty tired of it okay so drama drama mm-hmm. matt preston you know what i really like in a good in a, in a movie boobs yes that's what we're talking about today very good <laughs> uh, we've talked about this a lot um how uh a movie can be made or broken by their villain uh, the antagonist yes i wanted i want to clarify what so for people who don't know broader terms of of literature an antagonist Mm -hmm. is the the protagonist the antagonist protagonist is like the main character the person who you're like rooting for and then the antagonist is the person who or is the the thing that is causing the protagonist to not just you know, stroll to their end of their character arc. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it can really make or break a movie or show or book or any mm-hmm. sort of medium 
when the antagonist is just not good. Right. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, yes, we will. Quite a bit. Um, that's what today's episode is about is, is antagonists. Uh, yes. Specifically to their relation to the protagonist, because that's something that, that I think portrays or that I think captures the best antagonists is when you can, you are able to draw lines between the two. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my kind of broader idea of antagonists. Okay. And, um, We've talked about, I've gone into my rant about Hamilton and Burr mm-hmm. uh, and how they are perfect, not compliments. What's the word I'm looking for? Sort of compliments in like a yin-yang kind yeah, of sense like where yin-yang. they fill in the opposite of each other. Yeah. Um, we've talked about Joker and uh, Batman. That's classic. Uh, Joker is the antithesis of Batman, which we're going to get into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um and stuff like that like we've talked about this we've kind of touched on this topic quite a bit right uh but now i really want to delve into it um okay so i have a number of uh categories of an antagonist okay and i want to try to get you to fit to 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 start spinning your wheels and start talking about like different ways that antagonists are brought into okay. content stuff like that and start seeing if you can see those those walls All between right. the types. See if I can start figuring out stuff here. So, what are some antagonists that come to mind? Um, well, I think a lot of the obvious ones. My mind first jumps to MCU, and you have so many of these movies where the joke is it's literally just the hero, but flipped, right. make them bad guy. So, Iron Man, Ironmonger, mm-hmm. Black Panther, Killmonger. A lot of mongers. Is there something to that? I mean. Mongers, it's a kind of nice villainous word. Yeah. Iron Man and Whiplash. Yeah. Captain America and Winter Soldier. Yep. Captain America and Red Skull, who has like the the same power set, basically. Yeah. Um, you can move beyond that into into different things, but uh, that's kind of a classic go to the twisted reflection of the the hero, I guess. So what um, what role? What, so for all of those uh, those MCU villains, what are they doing? Like what what is what is what is they? <laughs> they is punching, <laughs> trying to punch harder than the other guy. So if you had to if you had to explain Red Skull or mm-hmm. Whiplash, like what what's so if you look at them as more of a character and less of a just imitation of the hero in form it is going to vary a little bit like whiplash is he's a revenge guy Mm -hmm. and that's particular type of antagonist that you get you get the revenge guy um you get the antagonist that just wants world domination it's classic red skull move kind of right there um you get uh iron monger's a little more interesting he's kind of like a um you know he wants the sort of the same power, but just he wants to use it for evil ends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that um, the similar type villain, um, where it is very similar archetypically and just the way they approach things, I think that there is something to be said for having that kind of a villain and the hero competing for the same goal. Because you get basically something, someone that's very similar, trying to achieve similar things for different reasons, and then you can explore those different reasons and you can use that as kind of the... Okay the difference so killmonger black panther is a great example they both 
basically want power. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. It's a fist fight for the kingship. Yeah. But um, the they want to use that power for completely different ends. And that's how you get the um, the difference between them as protagonist and antagonist and how you get some of those themes that they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the MCU villains. Uh, I yeah. talk about them a little and, bit. And I wanna... Yeah, you can you can do that more broadly, I mm-hmm. think. But I want to draw your attention now because I want I want I want you to be able to compare those broadly to let's okay let's uh, let's talk about Hamilton. We've talked about okay. Hamilton a lot. Yes, a lot let's of talk about Hamilton. Hamilton. Yep. Um, how would you describe Burr? Uh, he is ambition without principle. Um, he's a kind of guy who wants to be in the room where it happens, and he doesn't particularly care how he gets there Mm -hmm. um he's not a man who's going to commit to something he's going to wait and see how the winds blow and um smart gonna climb his way to success kind of guy okay how would you differ him and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw kind of an easy uh an easy hint oh boy i'm gonna drop the ball on this one how would you differ him from everyone in the mc every antagonist in the mcu (laughs) He does his fighting with words and everyone else does it with their fists <laughs> or occasionally more, some sort of superpower. More, uh, <laughs> more story based. Like how, how would you differ him from villains in the MCU? Uh, he's not necessarily nefarious. He's just unprincipled, shall we say. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he's not necessarily a bad person. He's just a person who wants, wants his own success mm-hmm. Um, not even necessarily at the expense of others. He just he's going about it wrong, and we hate him. Yep. So would you would you say that those two are? Wow, I would. That's a philosophical thing to do. I think that's uh, <laughs> it's not Socratic method, but anyway. Um, would you say that those are two distinct, different types of antagonists? Objection, Your Honor. Leading the witness. Oh, that's what it is. That's that's, that's leading the witness. Like, or like call for speculation. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. No. I I think that there are. There's very much a difference between antagonist as villain. They want to take over the world. They want to destroy things. They want to uh, terraform the earth so that they can a new Krypton can be birthed with their giant right. world engine with cool sound design. <laughs> and someone who finds themselves opposed to the protagonist and is therefore necessarily the antagonist, but is not necessarily a villain, will exactly. not cause ruin with their rise to power. Perfect. So that we now have two distinguishments. Okay. Now I want to draw your attention towards, let's say, The Walking Dead, seasons okay. one through three. Okay. When does the governor show up? Uh, three. Three? One through two. Okay. <laughs> seasons one and two. Um, or have you seen The Gray? Yes. So The Gray. What would you What would you describe as the antagonist for those? The hostile forces of nature. There you go. Easy enough. That's yeah. number three. <laughs> I was going to go with The Perfect Storm, but... Oh, where's, is that what? A bunch of people on a boat and a big storm hits them. Oh, is that a movie? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty good. Okay. So there's three. Yeah. Is environment, PVE, basically. Well, yeah. It's, yep. Now I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw the, throw this one at you. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to let you try to figure it out. Oh boy. All right. What's the fourth one? <laughs> <laughs> Open-ended question. Uh, character versus self. Did you know this? Like, did you already have like this? 
I've I've seen these types. Of, I, I remember my high school literature classes. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's all new to me. <laughs> yeah, no character versus self. Character wrestling with their own demons. Queen's Gambit is a perfect example. You haven't seen it, but basically yeah. the main character spends the whole time wrestling with her own isolation because mm-hmm. she's an orphan and wrestling with her addiction to alcohol and tranquilizers and her own self-destructive traits. Hell yeah, it's great. That's it's really good yeah, stuff. It is. Um. So. Those are those are the four categories. Uh, I straight up stole that from Masterclass. Okay. Because I did read an article from the Masterclass website of a writer, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I got, and I really liked it, and I, I yeah. really liked his distinguishments. Um, I really want to... I, I kind of want to go backwards through these and really start discussing them okay. more in depth. Uh, examples, good, bad examples, things that kind of distinguish them, like... Their essences distinguish them from each other, but I want right. to talk about like what really does. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the first two, villain versus uh, non-nefarious antagonist, mm-hmm. th- they're so close. Yeah, but I but I want to I want to save that for the end. So let's let's talk about the self one. I haven't seen Queen's Gambit. Right. Um, what's an example of things that we've? So you talked about Queen example. Queen's Gambit is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you'd be able to discuss it without spoiling things? Yeah. Okay. Probably. Let's let's talk about it a little bit. So like what what so you talked about the drug drug addiction. It's something mm-hmm. that's that is kind of her main antagonist. How does that play a role in in the story? Like what what does specifically her anti self do? I mean, it's an obvious answer that I'm sure anybody who's listening would be able to drinks say. a lot of alcohol and goes into a stupor and <laughs> fails. What's her and fail what do you mean fails like what she loses so she wants to win games she wants to win chess games against good players Uh and occasionally she loses chess games against good players and it's usually could be traced back to some sort of bad decision involving drugs or alcohol or some other self-destructive behavior right and it's the question of whether or not she can realize that and um that's exactly yeah that's kind of where we're delving into that realize it and then get stronger than herself to overcome it yeah um what so in man you can't really can't really can't talk about it without spoiling we should have another example probably what's another example do you have another example uh breaking bad's actually kind of a good one but it yeah okay so that's something about um shows is that you can kind of have multiple because you're allowed to tell a story over a longer period of time. oh gosh and mad men's a really good one yeah i mean walking dead even has a little bit of self. Yeah. Like they've got yeah. their straight up villains. They've got their straight up, uh, like antagonists, like mm-hmm. non, they've got all four of those. Like, yeah, the that's show. the thing about shows. You can, yeah, you, you can, can do, do you that. You can do more. So let's talk about breaking bad and kind of what his, uh, how would you describe his anti self? So, um, I have long maintained that breaking bad is not the story of a good man turning to the dark side. It's the story of a sociopath, coming out of the closet for okay. lack of a better term basically realizing who he is deep down and acting on those impulses right um and so it's kind of his competing balance between okay um i want to be the good person and help my family and whatever but also i kind of like being a bad guy yeah and i enjoy this this destructive behavior and it's that it's that appeal we talked about this back in our halloween episodes the Mm -hmm. appeal of being able to be free and be evil yeah like that just like oh i can kill people which is an instinctual desire for humans because we had to survive 
mm-hmm. forever ago. I'm crushing that desire down at this very moment as we speak. Yeah. No, every time I see your face, it's just, mm-hmm. it is testing instinct. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's that it's that freedom. It's the, the like everyone like is kind of an internal sociopath. Yep. Um, no, it's, it's really interesting. That that's okay. Um, let's do one more example because then we can start. Once we have three right. examples, we can talk broader. Okay. Um, do you have a, a bad example? A bad example of character versus self. Oh boy. Let's, You're the one that was supposed to have prepared for this yeah, episode, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of did. I, I knew where I wanted to go with it. Okay. Okay, so let's not necessarily talk about an example then. Let's talk about um let's let's go broadly speaking. What do you think a bad one would look like? If you've got a movie that's a character that it, that the antagonist is themselves mm-hmm. through the plot and then like by nature of a of a story, they are mm-hmm. going to overcome it in some way and reach achieve their goal. Mostly, there are the, or fall into darkness, or and fall into darkness, be consumed and, forever, and kill younglings. Um, <laughs> uh, what would you say? How could that be poorly done? Um, I think that if you're going to do the self redemption arc, it has to be meaningful. It can't just be they flip a switch and suddenly they decide to be a good guy again. There have to be choices and moments and consequences that lead to that decision. So Darth Vader is actually a just pretty say, good example. I, of I that. use that as an example as a joke, but I'm just like, wow, that's actually yeah, a great example of this. Yeah, no, the prequels are badly written, but there are choices that cause him to walk down this dark path that he was kind of teetering on the edge of. Mm-hmm. And then he extracts himself from that because of situations he's put in. He's seeing the the pain that the dark side is wreaking against his son. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to find that little lost bit of his humanity. And eventually the choices he's made and the consequences of his actions and the world he lives in drive him to his own redemption. Right. And so to recap your example, are you like a bad one is something where it's just kind of like doesn't... They flip switch and they're a good guy. Yeah. It doesn't have a... Uh, personal connection to it. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still yeah. trying to think of bad examples. If you guys come up with any bad examples, let us know in the comments because this is a video now. Uh, <laughs> or go to a social media. We'll probably... One of the above. Yeah. Man, we got to find a way to really connect the uh, Instagram stories. Here's the thing. If you're listening on audio and we say something about putting something on an Instagram story, we highlight the stories that are questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can go to our highlights if you if you're listening to this in like four days. Yeah. So keep that in mind. There you go. Um. So okay, I, I think we've. Is there anything else that you you think of when it comes to a versus self? Um. Well, I think one other way that it could go badly, just to get this out there, is uh, if you do kind of be well, if someone's wrestling with their own temptations, it's got to feel tempting. Right. It's got to feel like, okay, I can see why someone would be drawn into this. It kind of needs to, like, it needs to be something naturally tempting, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be uh, drawing on human instinct or having been established early on Mm -hmm. the appeal of it. Right. Um, So, like, some dude 15 minutes in just really wanting to eat that piece of paper like uh, stupid exactly like it's 15 (laughs) minutes in you're like i really need that paper you as an audience member are like why yeah like unless you personally are addicted to eating paper like you're just like 
why, but like if you showed in some way why that's an appeal mm-hmm. um, and give an audience almost a sense of serotonin when he does it, mm-hmm. that's serotonin? Dopamine. Sure. Melanoma. <laughs> um you get you you show the audience you give the audience a sense of satisfaction when the 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 protagonist does the thing i've got a good bad one okay thorin from hobbit movies it's been forever since i've seen it elaborate so he's <laughs> he's kind of he's all about like oh i'm gonna go on my quest and i'm gonna reclaim the mountain right um that's my thorin impression just awesome. in case you were looking for that um <laughs> And so he goes and they go to the mountain and then he reclaims the treasure and he's looking for the Arkenstone and he gets consumed with what the movie calls dragon sickness, where he basically is just like, oh, I love gold. I want to touch the gold. I want to play with the gold. And he just gets like greedy and um, this causes him to lash out and make some irrational decisions that are going to cause a lot of people a lot of pain. But we've never seen that side of the... So we had seen him kind of teetering on that precipice it's sort of the like he wants power and he's very driven and it's the sort of thing where he could be turned over the edge it is a little out of left field to make it greed instead of power or birthright kind of thing and then he kind of just snaps out of it it's just like okay we'll have a vision and then boom he's good we're all good no consequences yeah sorry would you say that in every bit of content there is an element of an anti-self do you think there's any antagonists that don't have that are just purely like they are well, good and fighting an enemy? That's I mean this is that's what character growth is all yeah. about, right? It's like it's it's fighting the worst elements of yourself. Yeah. But um But I guess yeah. uh, I, I guess in the context of that being the antagonist of the movie, it really does need to be right. very If it's like an actual antagonist of the story. Right. Like yeah. that, that is what's stopping the story from happening. Yeah. And that's why Queen's Gambit is just a perfect example of right. that. Okay. All right. Satisfied with that one. Let's uh, let's go backward one more to environment. Okay. Uh, the hostile environment um, can be really broad. Yeah. Uh, it can be literal weather. It can be the actual sure. environment. Yep. It can be hordes of zombies. Mm-hmm. And it could be an office setting, like that. Like sure. Uh, I'm wondering. Like, I haven't seen Wanted in forever, but like, I wonder if like the office environment was kind of his antagonist because he, he there's a lot of people mm-hmm. in the office that he hated there's chris pratt's character he wasn't wanted didn't know that until about a year ago <laughs> um that like it was just all of these people that was kind of this office environment was yeah. his antagonist and breaking out of that yep. it was like kind of an act one antagonist um what makes an environment antagonist bad uh like what makes it ineffective I mean, yeah ineffective what like um if someone were to make a zombie movie mm-hmm. uh that is just the person surviving or mm-hmm. hell even the road is kind of an environment antagonist. Yeah. there's yeah, a couple yeah. of the guys there and there but they're not really the main it's just right. them surviving you could and... even call them products of the environment right exactly yeah um so that's that's them surviving what would be something that ineffective what would some what would cause the environment to be ineffective i think it wouldn't work if it had unclear or um inconsistent rules okay environment tends to be one where there is the sustained sense of tension walking dead is a great example of that you there's constantly a threat that you're going to walk around the corner and find yourself face to face with six or seven decomposing bodies that want to eat you yeah 
it, it, there's constantly that heightened sense that puts you on edge. You take a movie like 2012, where it is, the world is collapsing around them, but it's just like, let's throw big CGI disasters at the screen mm-hmm. and convolute some way that either the characters totally should have died, but yeah. we'll make some way for them to survive, or we'll artificialize some tension by adding some some new layer it, and so after the first time that they yeah. survive it or the second time you survive it then the third time rolls around and you're just like ah they'll be fine yeah you can just you can see the cracks yeah. and if you can see the cracks you lose the sense of tension that you need to sustain for right. environment versus and, character uh a good example is probably quiet place where the yeah. environment is the aliens i mean they are physical creatures and they're but you don't i think what what designates here's a here's a good thing to clarify Difference between an environment full of entities, mm-hmm. like uh, zombies and hearing aliens, um, and actual villains, is that the villains are the ones that have a goal and you know their goal. Right. Zombies don't have a goal. Sure hearing they do. Aliens, Brains. Brains. <laughs> zombies don't have a, have a goal that they're trying to achieve in any way. Right. Uh, hearing zomb- monsters are just trying to kill people. Mm-hmm. First time we ever see one of those hearing monsters, it you 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 see the consequences yeah. of that. You see the rules and the consequences. Yep. Uh, I'm not spoiling Quiet Place. If you haven't seen Quiet Place, go see Quiet Place. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. The second one's about to come out. Go watch the first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see the rules and uh like there is the unseen threat hey call back to that episode call back to that episode if you want to go if you want to hear a real, one of our favorite episodes go back to listen to the episode about anxiety uh how movies how movies make anxiety it's not just me and matt doing a therapy talk about <laughs> my anxiety <laughs> how does this make you feel <laughs> um but there is the unseen threat that the, the, the environment is the threat yeah and while you kind of do see the environment it's not really scene right like until you know you're being attacked by a hearing monster right um is that really what we settled on for their name i just came up with it today and you have not corrected me on it (laughs) okay i'm just gonna sit here kind of in silent judgment but i don't have an improvement so (laughs) partly my fault (laughs) um no yeah okay so it 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 keeps the rules Mm -hmm. i think that's really valid that um with walking dead i think the problem that i have with it is that it, it so it starts as an environment and it keeps the rules and it keeps that constant tension that mm-hmm. um, one zombie shows up in a tent and everyone panics. Right. Then by season four, there's a whole horde around and we're just like, ah, eh, we'll just, we'll take care of them. Yeah. Like you don't freak out when there's a zombie because it's just, you. they have gotten, I guess they've gotten better at handling yeah. the threat. As they would. The characters yeah. would figure out how to handle them. Um. But it still feels like if you compare season one to season seven, like the environment hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Just the threat isn't there anymore. Right. Um, more I talk about it, the less I'm confident that I don't like it that, that happened. Because like you said, they, they get better. Yeah. And better at handling it. it uh, would... Kind of uh, the ending of uh, Quiet Place is mm-hmm. something along those lines that it's not that the rules are changing. It's that the protagonists are growing and overcoming the antagonist right uh in some way right um and yeah yeah what what really solidly lands for you if there's a, if there's an environment antagonist like what's a thing that like kind of that core element that makes you think that it's just like that's a good environment 
I think it really does come down to the tension. The tension. It's just if it's something where I've got that little noise in the back of my brain, the like when's it gonna scraping happen? on the string, just like, yeah, yeah, something bad's going to happen. If that's constantly there, then I'm truly threatened by the environment. Okay. So now I'm going to add a new element of this episode because that's really interesting. That Like you kind of tie that mm-hmm. that element to like tension to the to the environment. Mm-hmm. What would you give? What would you do? What's an equivalent for the anti-self? Like the what's that? What if it? Yeah. That cru- crucial emotion tied to the, the anti-self. For me, it's being able to without trying, put myself in the character's shoes and be like, yeah, I can't say that I wouldn't start a meth empire and go on a murderous rampage either if I were in that guy's shoes. Self-doubt. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of inspires personal self-doubt. Yeah. Even though... Uh, did you use the paper example? No. What did you say? Meth empire. Meth empire. I don't know why my brain hurt <laughs> pet paper. Uh, let's say we'll go back to this weird guy that eats paper. Yeah. Like... If the movie doesn't instill that self-doubt on yourself, it's like, no, I wouldn't, uh, like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. eat that paper. Right. Ineffective. Right. But if it's 45 minutes in and he looks at a piece of paper and you're like, I'd, I'd be chowing down right now, man. I'd be om nom all over that thing. <laughs> 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 then, then it's ineffective. I really want to know what story is being told to the guy who makes paper. Um, okay. So now. Red Dragon. Red Dragon. You get it if you've seen it. Okay. <laughs> um, now let's go back to the big two. Kind of the those okay. those other two, the the, the anti self and the environment are two mm-hmm. that are rarely used. They're a lot. I think they're a lot harder to do. Um, yeah. Because you don't have a way to write another character. Mm-hmm. You need to write a character interesting and in, like, so for self, you need to write a character interestingly enough that they are simultaneously the protagonist and antagonist. Mm-hmm. And it's still one character. Yeah. With the environment, you need to write an environment that, and a character that lives in that environment that's such the way that they connect. Right. With the, uh, so villain is the word I'm going to use for villains. What would you, because I've, I've come, I, I like that anti-self idea. Yeah. What's the word you would use for the, the, the opposition? The conflict creator. There's a great word for it. it starts with an A. Um, antagonist. Antagonist. Those are all antagonists. That's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to like right. Uh, narrow down to the. Um, I think I'm just gonna stick with like opposition. Okay. Like an opposer. Um, the two of them are their own characters. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to write an antagonist and a villain. Right. Because you can kind of make them unrelated. Like yeah. the antagonist just wants to go back to his wife at home. Yeah. And the villain wants to murder children. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Constantly <laughs> fighting that every day of my life. <laughs> um, so it's a lot easier to do that, which is why I think you see a lot more antagonists and opposers mm-hmm. or uh, villains and opposers because you can do that. It's a lot, I think villains are the easiest ones to write. Opposers yeah. are a little bit harder because so well, Hamilton and Burr. It's easy to write a villain. It's harder to write a good villain. A good villain, yeah. And we'll get into we'll get that. back there, to that. You get a lot more nuance with villains. Um, with opposers, so Hamilton and Burr, mm-hmm. every aspect of their characters is yin and yang. Yep. Like it, it's just, that. That's the way it's broken down. You can watch a lot of video essays. I, I if you liked Hamilton, I recommend the. I, don't know the name of it. 
at the like off the top of my head there's this guy who does series on youtube that mm-hmm. kind of breaks down everything about hamilton but that's that's a quality opposer where you can say any any aspect of one character's character mm-hmm. you flip it and that applies to the other person mm-hmm. and, and it's all it's kind of hard to do that you can create interesting characters in that way i'm doing that a lot with ross mm-hmm. um and but that's that's more work right then the villain is just you've got your goal they've got their completely unrelated goal that like but the but the hero typically it's hero and villain the mm-hmm. hero will have to stop the villain because of their just general sense of righteousness that hey don't kill kids like I you wanna. me stopping you from killing ki- a bland one me stopping mm-hmm. you from killing kids is the reason I can't go see my wife, but they are un- they're not related with the exception that right. I have a task and a desire and I can't do both. Right. But not that um, my wife wants you to kill kids <laughs> <laughs> um, or I mean, in some way that like you're the reason that I can't see it. you are specifically internally the reason I went to a rabbit hole on that one. That was weird. It was weird. So opposers. Opposers. Do you have any examples, other examples of opposers? <sighs> See, this is interesting because Joker from the Dark Knight is such a great opposer, but he's also a he's villain. Also a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kingpin is from Daredevil. The Daredevil series is I another. Think Kingpin is. Uh, if you, if you had a spectrum spectrum of villain to opposer, Joker's yeah. kind of leaning on that villain line, and right. Kingpin's leaning on the opposer side because the more you learn about him. Yeah. The more it is, he's got his own goal that just happens to oppose uh, Daredevil mm-hmm. and his goals. Um, but it's sometimes nefarious, but not like all the time. Yeah. He's a bad dude, but his ends aren't necessarily bad. Right. And we've talked about We really like, I like him as a villain. Yeah. Um, where would you put a villain who is a victim of something to make him a villain. Where in these in these categories? Um I want to specifically call out Dexter from season 3 Dex from season 3. Ah, uh, yeah. Where it's never his goal to be the villain, but it's it's the it's the environment. It's kind of it's kind of the self. Yeah. He loses that self conflict. Yeah. Um I would I would characterize them as more villain, villain with some antagonisty stripes. Yeah. Instead of antagonisty with some villainous stripes. Okay. Um, also, another good example for opposer, Michael Scott from The Office. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's, know everyone loves him. He is the villain of that show. Fight me. He is the opposer. He is the antagonist of that show. He's not a villain. Good correction. Yes, <laughs> he is the opposer of that show. He is. He very much is. His. Yeah. He just. He is there to create conflict for our straight man, Jim. Right. And literally everyone else in the show. <laughs> yeah. He's a destructive person with bad Would you goals. say Dwight is a villain? Yeah, because he kind of owns it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. Okay, so what makes an opposer ineffective? Um, They have to feel on some level i guess uh at least a match for the protagonist um if it's 
Like, uh, Draco Malfoy is not a great opposer for Harry Potter. Like, yeah. it's important to have that kind of character, but he he can never be the main force of opposition. Right. He's just kind of around, and he's like, he's kind of a twit. Yeah. Uh, not a twit like an idiot, but like a twit like a douchebag. Um, Glad we clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's... Yeah, he's kind of just doing his own thing. He's his environment. His environment puts him in a situation that puts him at conflict with Harry, yeah. who is in turn a product of his environment, right? Um, and I think that is really interesting. Like the their environments are villain and hero, mm-hmm. pro- uh, producing an antagonist and an opposer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not perfectly done. Not every no. He, yeah, yeah. Like he, like I said, you could not make him the main enemy of any harry potter story right he's just there's not enough to him mm-hmm. there's yeah what do you think is a satisfying way to end an opposer um, because i've got we've got about three examples we talked about yeah all completely different ways of handling the opposer at the end mm-hmm. uh reconciliation is a good one for the opposer yeah just the kind of hero and villain or hero and opposer i'm I'm having to get into this language here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hero, hero and hero and opposer uh, look at each other from across the room and they kind of, they do the little nod end of karate kid. Perfect example. He says, you're all right. You're all right. The the bad guy does bad guy. Blonde kid. Opposer. Billy's at the opposer. Gosh, I'm just, I'm really bad at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. No, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The reconciliation. It's kind of a, uh, um, an opposer, merits more from a uh redemption arc than a villain do you think so to compare the two of them like there are villains with uh uh, there are villains with uh, redemption and there's also characters with like redemption kind of goes along with the anti-self i almost wonder if a redemption arc makes them more of an opposer yeah that's kind of what my question was i'm thinking about zuko from avatar like he starts out, and if you watch just the first few episodes, you're like, okay, this guy, he's just, he's the villain of the show. He's, yeah. or at least a secondary, like, right. lower tier villain. He's just, he's the opponent. Mm-hmm. But he is more of an opposer. Yeah. And I think that comes because he ends up having sort of a redemptive arc. He's kind of a product of his environment. Again, yeah. like, kind of like Malfoy, just, you know, done better. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. And, it, and it's, okay. So what do you think about villains that have redemption arcs? Do you think that makes them somewhat of an opposer? Um... I don't know. I mean, do you think a villain can have a redemption arc? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if a villain can have a redemption arc without ultimately becoming more into that opposer category. Um, what about Darth Vader? He starts out as just, he's the, the big bad guy in the black armor with the scary voice. Mm -hmm. And eventually he kind of has that redemptive arc. And I guess, sort of as it is fleshed out he does become more of the opposer in the story he is the he is what luke could become yeah. he is the power that turned to the dark side and yeah. became a force for destruction he is in a lot of ways the like the 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 antithesis of luke yeah like i mean that's made pretty explicit in five yep <laughs> look it's luke's face under the thing look they've both got the and then in six they've both got, got the the, hand, the robot yeah. hand yeah yeah it's um well that's really interesting then the transition from villain to opposer Mm -hmm. um because then you kind of start graying the the criteria for an opposer 
Right. Because what we talked about an opposer is you need to be very closely tied to the hero in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so you build those ties, villain can become opposer. Yeah. So I think that's something where you can, that, that starts to dance into the dance, uh, starts to delve into the, uh, the realm of what makes a bad villain mm-hmm. is, do you think a bad villain is one that they write a redemption arc for, but doesn't, isn't an, an opposer. They don't rise to the level of an opposer. Yeah, that there might be something to that. I'm not thinking of a great example. Yeah, um, superficially, Orm from Aquaman, kind of. He's, He's another opposer. I okay. Just thought of. Okay. Bucky. Oh yeah. Bucky is very much yeah. Captain America's opposer and gets his redemption and then becomes a hero himself. And yeah. that, that is a redemption arc that we actually see the aftermath of the redemption. Exactly. <laughs> So what was your... You, you I was saying uh, Orm from Aquaman. He's okay. kind of... He starts out as just villain. Yeah. Like, I want power. Um, and then... Spoilers for Aquaman, I guess. But also, like, who cares? It's Try not really a movie. Vaguely, broadly. So there is a switch at the end of the movie where he kind of flips. It's not a redemption arc because there's no arc to it. Yeah. And so it is the sort of thing that could be unsatisfying. Um, I felt like it worked in the movie, but it does at least superficially fit the characteristic of right. um, there's a redemption arc, but without making them an opposer necessarily. Yeah. Although I guess kind of when you think about it, he is sort of an opposer in the sense of yeah. just like he's he's a lot like the hero. He's yep. the undersea king guy. He just he wants the power for his own ends, which are not entirely unreasonable. He mm-hmm. wants to, you he know, doesn't want to kill the surface world in Aquaman, does he? Yeah, he kind of does. Oh, he does. Cause that's his whole thing in the comics is he just wants yeah. to destroy the surface world. Yeah. Cause they're terrible. The they litter a lot. Yeah. We're bad. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> so therefore wipe them all out. Air breathers. Um, well, but it's also, it's, it's kind of a, uh, he sees the, the, the surface world as people that want to kill the underworld. Like, right. I think, pollution is brought in a lot in the comics like Mm -hmm. they don't care about because you're aquaman you're aquaman you're up in the surface everyone knows that atlantis is down here now and they haven't stopped Mm -hmm. therefore they are a threat and i as the king must defend Mm -hmm. that's going to put me in opposition with you i am an opposer okay i think that makes or very much an opposer when you frame it like that if you just he's just like ah we're just better i want to kill him yay nazis like then Mm -hmm. then he's a villain but i think I haven't seen Aquaman in forever. I don't remember how well they write that. So it could be yeah. that he's one, or he could be both. Who yeah. knows? He could no. be completely ruining our, our rules that we're establishing right now. Exactly. He could, uh, yeah. Um, to con- conclude, opposer, what do you think, what's kind of that one word that you would apply to an opposer, like the to a well-written opposer? Can I do two words? Sure. Twisted reflection. Okay. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a uh, yeah. Just Michael Scott like. is, he's a suit wearing dude and they just want to both do their jobs, him and Jim, but they're like, every little aspect is different about them. They're, they kind yeah. of reflect each other. They play off of each other in interesting Jim, ways. Jim likes to be a prankster subtly mm-hmm. and Michael likes to be a prankster, but he's not subtle and bad at it. Yeah. Um, and just like every element Mm-hmm. of them is twisted reflection yeah okay yeah. 
so I really like this conversation about like where do you draw that line between specifically in the realm of a redemption arc? Yeah. Where do you draw the line between a villain and a poser? Because um, can uh, did I, I don't know if I asked this already. Can you have a villain with a redemption arc not be a pose, uh, be an opposer? You and did still ask be that, and I didn't have a good answer for you. That is really tough. To, so, are there any villains? Let's talk about MCU. MCU is broadly known. Okay. Um, everyone's seen them. If you're gonna see them, you're you've seen them. Are there any villains that have kind of a redemption arc? Because one of the the common solution to a villain is that the villain gets defeated, arrested, killed, beamed into space. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, it, it, you eliminate the villain, like because Bucky Bucky is an opposer, right? At the at like, I think I think one of the subsets of opposers is product of their environment versus their own goals, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of opposers that are products of their environment. Yeah, Dex and Bucky particularly, like Killmonger's come into mind too. Killmonger, yeah, he, like it's just yeah. it's it's what led you to and Orm can even be that like sure. you, you justify his thing it's not that he's a he's a good guy doing his own thing like aaron burr is a good guy doing his own thing mm-hmm. he's kind of, he's got really no like ethics but like he's he's not a bad he's not guy trying to kill yeah. people and then well like, he did kill people he, he did kill up people <laughs> to be fair that they, they, they agreed on it <laughs> um but he, he is not really a pro i mean he's kind of He's less of a product of his environment. He is not opposing Hamilton because of his environment. He's opposing Hamilton because of his own stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think like people like Dex, he's opposing uh, Daredevil because of the product of what just what he's been through. Right. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Um, what was my initial question that I was rambling while you were thinking? Rambling. Rambling. I meant rambling. Rambling. So. Uh, Villain in the MCU, are there any villains that we can't really call opposers that that have a redemption arc in the MCU? Probably not because either they're a good villain and they're an opposer, um, or they're just a a bland flavor of the week villain. I think they may have our Red Skull. I don't think that counts, yeah. Not really redemption, there's no art, kind of condemned to a different thing. Yeah, he's just doing his own thing, it's his little fate, yeah. Yeah, Thanos doesn't really have an arc, he's just an interesting villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hela's another good villain, but she has no arc, she's just a scenery chewer. Nebula is an opposer of uh, Gamora, yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah, and she gets a redemption. Man, there really isn't like it's. I don't think you can have a good villain redemption without them become be, without yeah. them becoming an opposer, and then you have the problem of you need to write that villain in the beginning to be as, to have the seeds of the opposer, right? Because otherwise, you just get this. You get the switch, right? That it's just it doesn't feel anything. Yeah. Um. There's just this person that. Okay, I just I'm good now. There's no because I think one of the reasons for that is that it's usually the hero that's going to be the reason for the redemption in mm-hmm. some way. And they need to connect to the, connect with them. And they have nothing that if there's nothing in common or reflective, mm-hmm. then you don't get that. You, it doesn't, it's not logical. Like, Oh, I understand you want to eat paper. I have never desired to eat paper at all in the slightest, but I, but I will help you overcome this. Like that doesn't feel right because mm-hmm. you're not, 
that person doesn't have that connection of eating paper. Why is that? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> I think deep down you just really want to eat paper. <laughs> I mean, you know, eating gluten-free bread is sometimes like eating paper. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, um. So what would you say... I, this is going to be easy one. It's the word for a villain. Man, there's a good one. Uh, starts with a V. Um, <laughs> I was thinking V is the second letter. Evil. There you go. Evil. SpongeBob reference. I think it's just a villain is just inherently bad. Is Yeah. Or if not bad, at least in direct opposition to the protagonist. Well, I think the right, right, yes, sort of direct thematically, up, yes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking Joker from Dark Knight, right there. It is very we much about Joker. We need to talk yeah, about Joker. He's kind of he's a great villain. So he is, yeah, like you mentioned, he is simultaneously the antithesis, uh, the the um, the villain and the opposer. Yeah, um, he's very much a villain. No very arc. much a villain. Uh, but there, it, it just when you think about it, so this is this is where the episode seeded from. Mm-hmm. Um, is talking about good antagonists and how they are the antithesis of the hero. And I think yeah. the problem with the episode is that, that that seedling fits into one of the four categories. That is the opposer, is the antithesis. Right. But I think a good villain is someone who has opposer traits, but right. not sort of the the arc necessarily right yeah that might be the yeah. distinguishing feature that's actually yeah that's a really good distinguishing feature that yeah so so a good villain let's say the joker is a good villain then. Mm-hmm. he's not a good impo- opposer because right. he doesn't have his non doesn't have any like uh what's the word like non-violent or non nefarious nefarious that's the word uh non-nefarious goals mm-hmm. like burr does yeah He's got nefarious goals. That Boy, are does he out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just, if you break down the two of them. So now, now I'm, now I'm questioning all of our distinctions between villain and opposer. I think a good villain has opposer elements. Yeah. So I think the only difference is their goal. A yeah. good, both of them are twisted reflections of the hero, mm-hmm. but their goal is different. And I think that's what makes the redemption better in some way. Mm. Well, yeah. We get a lot of gray area in this. Because I think I think the redemption often takes someone from pure villain territory where they do have an evil nefarious goal and they're bad and they're loving it. Mm-hmm. Read Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, and then they grow into someone who's more of an opposer where they have... They, either redeem themselves into just a straight up good guy or they redeem themselves into someone who has kind of their own goals and they're just kind of going to do their own thing and they're going to understand and mutually respect the protagonist maybe punisher from daredevil 2 a redeemable villain has about three intermediary steps Mm -hmm. between current and redemption yeah meanwhile an opposer can make a pretty much straight shot yeah okay I like that because also you start thinking about it that like a villain kind of also needs to go through the anti-self yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the whole, yeah. Like they go through their own conflict to realize that, oh shit, mm-hmm. I'm nefarious. I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then that happens as a product of the, the, the environment, environment threat. It all comes back together. There you go. 
I actually kind of like that. That, <laughs> that was definitely forced on the it last was, bit there. It but. was, but uh, no, I, I think that's, that is kind of onto something that a villain is so much more complicated. A good villain is so much more complicated to write. Why? Just why you get bland villains all the time. Yeah. Like you just get like the guy that wants to fight people. I mean, typically Steppenwolf from justice league. Yeah. Just wants to kill people. What's his thing? He gets no redemption. Like, I mean, if you want just a wham, bam, like if you're talking, you can have a good movie with a bland villain though, because if you have a good enough protagonist, yeah, then you got like, I mean, game of Thrones has bland villains. Sure. (laughs) And I mean, you can have a one dimensional villain. That's not a bad villain. Right. I keep going back to Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. She is completely one dimensional. She just, I want to make Ragnarok happen. That's not what she wants to do. Doesn't she? No. Oh, no. She yeah. She, she just wants, wants to rule. Wants to she rule wants to her. restore Asgard to its former glory right. and be the big evil queen of death. Yep. Super one-dimensional, but like, it's fun. That's and cool. it is sort of direct opposition mm-hmm. to the to the main character, to Thor, who's like, I want to be a good leader. And she is this, this blended uh, antithesis of both thor and loki yeah in a way like she's trickstery like loki and kind mm-hmm. of like you know makes things pop out of nowhere yeah like loki um she also wears she also wears green, green. and has I was dark say, hair like i always think of her wearing green but like i'm never confident that she actually wears a green oh she wears green <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and she has dark hair and pale face yeah and likes knives yep and i think thor's the adopted one yeah thor's definitely the adopted one yeah um but joker yeah is is that like is a is a good because he doesn't even get a redemption arc not even slightly not not remotely yeah which he is, wins is really interesting it kind of does yeah because yeah. he gets the, the 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 dude yeah well i mean like he says during the final fight it's the battle for gotham's soul yeah and he wins by making by basically killing the the batman as an icon yeah well that's a kind of hard to talk about that one in the context of what we've been talking about without just going into the realm of like villains winning spoilers for everything (laughs) (laughs) um i don't really have a lot to say i I think we really kind of like fleshed out a lot of that stuff yeah we've categorized some some antagonists right here yeah let's uh let's talk about some like of the biggest ones and see where we can put them because i like putting people into lex luther lex luther uh he i would actually put him as a as a um antagonist or as a uh oh would you know as an opposer uh (laughs) for the most part like he the only nefarious thing about him no okay it also depends on the writing Mm -hmm. i i'm gonna talk about my favorite version of lex luther okay is is an opposer uh the only nefarious thing about my favorite version of lex luther is that he wants to get rid of superman because he's just this over like overpowered alien Mm -hmm. that you know he can say that he's loyal to america all he Mm -hmm. wants but like ultimately nature over nurture like and uh so but like but meanwhile he's just like i mean i just i he's an elon musk I want to play basketball and shove Jolly Ranchers oh, into people's up. mouths. Oh, you're talking about that Lex Luthor. <laughs> Not necessarily. Oh, he's bad. It just, he's a bad antagonist. Doesn't fit in any of those. He's just. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's audience versus antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I would put, uh, 
I would put him and I would put my favorite Lex Luthor as an opposer, uh, that he's just this mm-hmm. he's a rich guy becomes president. Um, it's not, I don't think there's very many versions of my favorite one. Okay. Cause I think all the ones I've read, he is the one where he's just like, I want to like experiment on people and all this, like look for my hidden shit. That's bad and evil. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. I think sure. the Lex Luthor that is not actually just bad is really interesting. That it's just it, it's a it's a Burr Hamilton thing. Burr's not a bad guy. Yeah, it's just in an, like we have our main character that we like is Hamilton, and you can't not love Lin Manuel Miranda. No, yeah. And so you put a guy that opposes him, and you're just like, I hate him. Like you don't actually hate him, but like you're like that's the bad guy. We need to make some T-shirts. Aaron Burr did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I it's. I would say, what what's your favorite of those four categories? Like, if if you had four stories, all like the story is very compar- com- comparable, similar, well written, protagonists the same, and all the antagonists, there's one of each, all really well done. Which one would you say is probably your favorite? Whew, <laughs> boy. Because the thing about me is I like anything as long as it's good. Right. I'll take a good rom-com. I'll take a good horror movie. That's why he hates this podcast. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's just needles on my brain. <laughs> um, I think personally I like environment the best. Okay. Um, I really like tension mm-hmm. and I like movies that can make me feel tension. And yeah. a lot of the, um, well, a lot of movies that I really like, uh, Quiet Place, Dunkirk, mm-hmm. even Children of Men to some extent yeah. are more of environment than actual antagonists per yeah. se. Um, it's overcoming the obstacles set by the world instead of set by a particular character. Yeah, or group it's of characters. Kinda, it, it kind of puts you against this um, non-negotiable yeah. thing where like when there's a person you could theoretically decide that you want or you could theoretically have it written so that you can negotiate with the person. Yeah. You're not negotiating with 700 million zombies. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so it does kind of create this like this unpassable, impassable barrier. Yeah. Um, that could make for a much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like I, opposers just because I like, mm-hmm. I like that character. I like being able yeah. to redeem. You're a uh, character guy. I, I am a character guy. I've got bad character. You're a character. I am a character. Is it bad character or no character? Bad character. Bad is character? Like... You're a bad person. Like I'm a bad person. Yeah. But. All right. Yeah. Well, that's. uh thought we are going to go through more examples. Because I wanted to oh, say yeah, something. Example, I yeah. wanted to say something about the Lex Luthor Superman thing. Uh, one thing that I think is very useful and important for villains is there has to be like a methodological opposition or just like some sort of thing that um, like a thematic offsetting. So Dark Knight, Order versus Chaos. Right. Uh, Lex Luthor versus Superman, Brains versus Brawn. Right. Um, Green Lantern versus Sinestro is kind of like strong willpower versus fear that crushes willpower. There's a lot more interesting stuff with that one. I'm actually kind of glad you brought that one up. Um, it's uh, it's corruption of power. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of more of the crux of the two of them. Because mm. uh, Sinestro, uh, like he started to kind of like push the boundaries. Uh, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong for anybody. There's no one listening who would know this better than me. Um, that he, he ruled his planet with an iron fist. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was like, I'm. He ruled it with Iron Fist. I thought Iron Fist was a Marvel <laughs> character. Like he, like he was like a dictator on uh, Korgar, mm-hmm. and he was banned from. He was removed from the Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Hal is very much like uh, above the table, like clean cut, yep. kind of thing. And then, and that's what led Sinestro elsewhere. I mean, you give the guy his name is Sinestro a power ring, idiots. Um, but At least no, it I, wasn't Atrocitus. <laughs> yeah, a guy that vomits lava. Don't give him a ring. He nah. made his own. Um, but no, that, I think the more crux of that one is corruption of power. Like, okay. Uh, withholding the rules and bending the rules. Okay. Um, and then, and then kind of, it goes the same route with uh, Green Lantern becoming Parallax's. Mm-hmm. His entire city was bombed, so he recreated life with his ring. Yeah, and that's, that made him bad because uh, mm-hmm. he got corrupt. He bent the rules, and then it corrupted yeah. him. And you know, follow the rules. Right, follow the rules. Rules are not meant to be broken unless they're speeding laws. Those are meant to be broken. Five over. <laughs> anyway, anyway, any more? Uh, any more broad ones? I just talked about Green Lantern for a little bit that most people do not care about. Uh. Saruman. Ooh. What'd you put him in? Saruman? Saruman. Saruman, not Sauron. Sauron is just villain. (laughs) Yeah, Sauron's almost like environment level villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, Saruman, I guess, is more... Because he's kind of Gandalf's antagonist. I and mean, it's kind of the opposer. Like, if you read the books, the story is really Gandalf versus Sauron. Um, okay. but the way the movie's presented is a little more like Gandalf and Saruman are the opposers. They're right. they are very similar characters. Mm-hmm. Superficially, they're the the wizards, and they have their wizardly powers and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're trying to um, either fight for the the freedom of the world or kind of enslave it and bend it to their will yeah. a little bit. Um, I I. I'd lean him more toward a poser. Um, Cause there's not, he doesn't have a redemptive arc, but he's a character that could have. That could a redemptive have exactly. Arc. Yeah. Like the, there's definitely something in there. Cause he's at my R like he was mm-hmm. supposed to be just like a, a demigod that yeah. like, but he just got corrupt and Gandalf, like that kind of corruption um, mm-hmm. succumbing to the, the appeal of power. Right. Him versus Gandalf, and that's kind of the opposing. That's what Gandalf could have become. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's a good, I guess, opposer for Gandalf, whose villain is Sauron. Yeah. There we go. Palpatine the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> so, by second time around, we're talking about the prequels, right? Right. <laughs> no, uh, what else? Um, well, hey, Palpatine, he's a, he's Palpatine. a villain. He's a villain. Right, he got no redemption. He's just straight up villain, like all the way through. Let the hate flow through you. That's really, a villain line right there. Yeah, I really don't think that he's got any like opposer. Nah. stripes. He's just a through and through villain that just got chucked down a well. <laughs> yep, and then got recreated through Palpy dark stuck science. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry Potter, uh, Voldemort. Voldemort, villain. I'd say so. Um, opposer though. He's got Tom Riddle. I I haven't read the books. I don't know about the books, if what they do is anything different. But, like, I can kind of see in the movie that I think there's more to that story that makes him a bit more opposery. Um, 
I would say no. We're always meant to know that like he's a bad guy. We should yeah. have known all along that he was going to be a bad guy. Um, we get a lot of the Tom Riddle stuff sort of as a Luke Vader thing where we see what path Harry could walk down if he slips. Yeah. Um, the temptation of evil, stuff like that. But as in terms of like Voldemort, Mr. Snake face in the story himself, <laughs> he's just, he's a villain. He's okay. like, I want to dominate the world. Um, you know, he can dress it up and make it sound like, yeah, I just want to have magical people, the magical world doing well. But he's like, also, I want to commit genocide. Yeah. So. Fun. What else? What are other big ones that people know? Uh, I like there are a whole lot that like that are just like broadly reaching like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and Harry Potter. Like those are the ones that we can not we can not worry about spoiling. Yeah, those are good pop culture ones. So uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, there's a hundred different villains slash opposers and everything falls apart before the end and no one really gets anything like Cersei's a villain. Yeah. That's about all I can say about that. I think that there is going to be some really good opposer stuff in the books when he finishes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Because there are characters who are pretty well the antithesis of each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah we'll see get on it george get on it george didn't he say like a year ago he has said that the winds of winter is coming this year every year since 2015 what a piece of shit shall we oh wait (laughs) thesis thesis me you do it what you always make me do it Uh, (laughs) you do it you're in the hot seat i would say there are four critical elements to each type of villain we talked about tension with an environment villain Mm -hmm. an environment villain needs to needs to convey tension to the audience a uh anti-self villain we covered a lot so i can't really do one sentence right an anti-self villain needs to convey self-doubt to the audience Mm -hmm. and not not only convey but also make the audience feel okay a and then so those are two simple ones just kind of on their own but then you get to the muddy area Mm mm-hmm a good antagonist. I've got something. Ooh. An opposer makes you question which side you're supposed to be on. Yeah. A villain just makes you afraid of them. Yeah. A good antagonist. Try to I'm really trying to like get one sentence for this. <laughs> so, a good antagonist compliments the hero. Okay. Well, the environment makes the audience tense. This anti-self makes the audience have self-doubt. The opposer makes the audience question which side they should be on, and the villain makes the audience af- fear the opposite side. I hated all of those. <laughs> I think that's our thesis. Okay, I think that's a good thesis. We cover a lot. It's really... We talk about more and more every week, and it's just really hard to, like, narrow it down to, like, one solid thesis. Yeah. Anyway, shall we? We shall. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode where we talk about antagonists. And I forgot to ask about the greatest protagonist-antagonist pair in history. What kind of antagonist am I to you? You are an opposer. Okay. That is very easily (laughs) 
<laughs> like everyone has been able to identify that you and I are like like antithesis of each other in so many ways. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um you can find this podcast and uh, other podcasts that we, we have done on other interesting topics on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and other places where you can listen to podcasts, probably. Uh, we are on YouTube, where we have little short video snippets of the... I mean, I say short, it's like 15 minutes, but like video versions of the conversation. Uh, you can send that to one of our friends, or one of your friends. You can send it to our friends, too, but they hear about us all the time. We're constantly plugging. We do nothing but plug. Um, but if you have, if you have a friend and you're like, Hey, you might be interested in this. And they're like, I don't want to sit and listen to an hour and a half podcast. You can send them a little 15 minute YouTube video. Give them a little appetizer of us. Just us losers appetizer. Um, so you can find that on our YouTube channel. We're on social media. We got a Facebook, um, where stuff happens. I still haven't written that wonder woman 84 review. Um, I'm kind of wondering if it's ever going to happen at this point. I, uh, I've got other projects I'm trying to work on. I've got to write some stupid theme music. Um, we're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod, where Preston has been percolating rants probably as long as I've been percolating Wonder Woman 84 reviews, maybe longer. But we still haven't seen any of them because he's just as much, as much a slacker as me. We are twisted reflections, truly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod, where we have uh, stuff. Um, most of our interesting fan interaction stuff, we'll do polls and we'll do uh, fan questions. And if you want to want to get involved and have your voice heard, that's probably the place to hit us up. Again, that's at just us losers pod at Instagram.com. It's not how Instagram works, but I'm going with it. Uh, we got a Gmail, just us losers pod at gmail.com, where if we if you've got antagonists that you think we should have talked about that we didn't, let us know. Send us an email. If we missed an entire category of antagonist, do you think that we should have added it to our discussion? I don't know. Maybe we'll get back to this topic eventually. Let us know. We'll, we'll take a look. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, next week, we're talking about the greatest of all time. Goats! <laughs> talking, about, talking about goats. It's going to be a grand old time. Um, we're kind of... Um, we're going to ask the question, like, what does it even mean to be the greatest of all time? What are some contenders for the greatest of all time in movies, music, TV shows, comics? Books. Books. Other things, probably. We'll come up with stuff. Um, yeah, we'll kind of dig into that question. What is what does greatness mean to you? Is greatness just the same as best? Is it the um, same as best loved? What was that word great mean to you? Let us let us know on one of those social media mediums. Social mediums. Yeah. Okay. Social mediums. Cool. I didn't know that was a thing. Now I do. Lovely. So check out that coming next week. Uh, I think I've said everything. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.